spa name of fire. We have spicy meatball for your viewing pleasure. Hey, we are the Geekass Reverend Gaming Podcast from Apple Bullet. This is the Mario episode. Because Mario Day was a couple days ago. March 10th, Mario. Uh, we are uh, Plumber, your princess. Uh, Apple Idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michael Mario. Innes. Sure. <laughs> we got here our regular co host, Adam Mario Gumbert. I said a boom, chicka boom. I said a boom, chicka boom. As, as the intro video was going, I was like, I was, I'm, I was gonna do. I, I had a plan. I was like, I'm gonna bring mm -hmm. back a joke, and I'm gonna do that as the intro. And then I couldn't remember what it was. It was boom chicka boom. I couldn't. I was like, was what is it? What is it? What is it? And then I was like, I don't know. So I just screamed a. And then I was like, this so, sounds Italian. Let's go into a Mario gonna, thing. <laughs> we're gonna get to Alex in a second. I want. I want to put him on hold for so long. Uh, so I had boom chicka boom in my head. Uh -huh. I also was gonna do uh, sing Whitney Houston because you were talking about Holden singing, and I was like, I can sing. And I was going to do that song, but I'm not, because I'm not that talented. And, and you did third, it in the chat. And I, I was going to do, um, I was going to do Chris Pratt's Mario, because it's not Italian. He's, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm Mario. And I'm Luigi. I'm Charlie Day. Oh, man. <laughs> Shit. Uh, always sunny. There you go. <laughs> and we have Alex Mario Casino. You know, that actually kind of works with me because my middle name, no joke, is Matthias, named after my grandfather and Whoa. the biblical character. The biblical Matthias? Oh, I have one of those too. <gasps> Did you see Adam? So Adam's drinking, for those audio listeners, he's drinking a hard Mountain Dew watermelon zero sugar. Ooh. Did yep. you see Adam? Never had watermelon. They are releasing Livewire. Hard live wire? Hard live wire coming to all those racist states, Tennessee, Florida, God. Texas. They get all the good stuff, those racist states. I'm excited mm -hmm. for yeah. anything live wire. I drink live. Yeah. I don't even drink sugar, but I'm like, fuck, I'll drink 60 grams of sugar for a fucking live wire right now. <laughs> I'll do it. They, um, they released uh, hard Arizona iced teas a little while back. Mm -hmm. I got a big case of them from Costco, and they were very tasty. I fucking love Arizona iced teas. I'm drinking something new today, too. Sunkissed orange zero sugar. It is uh, the replacement for when they don't have Mountain Dew zero sugar at the grocery store. I so I got this instead. Yeah, I like Sunkissed. I prefer Crush as yeah. my as my orange soda of choice, but they don't I have zero sugar. Crush. Orange lava burst, but that's just. <laughs> I prefer 1994 Ecto Cooler aged <laughs> to perfection. <laughs> We have a, a great podcast called Responding Fire that we do in addition to this nonsense show that we've started. Uh, you can catch it live on Sunday evenings, usually around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash affableidiots. YouTube and podcast services on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern on demand. We've got lots of fun. Oodles of fun. We're talking about major games getting delayed. We're talking about fun for the whole family in two parts but before we get into our main quest i want to talk about some pizza on the wii aka some wheatza alex take us yeah. through whatever the hell this is <clears throat> hold on i have to really clear my throat for such an important story I... so <clears throat> as somebody who self-professed has wee brain rot uh, mm -hmm. i've known for a while that Years ago, there was an app on the Wii that only existed in Japan that allowed you to order pizza to your home. And I knew that that app had been discontinued a while back because basically all online features on the Wii were discontinued a while back when I want to say it was GameSpy's servers were shut down. Mm. Um, I was not expecting a couple of days ago to come across this news story from boingboing.net. <laughs> You can now order pizza with a Nintendo Wii, colon, again. The Nintendo-loving developers of Wii Link uh, have come out with a new way to keep your Wii busy this year with a revival of the long-discontinued Wii Connect 24 services, including formerly Japanese-exclusive channels. Uh, one very clearly takes the cake, or rather, the pie. 
The Ooh. Dinai channel, I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced, was a Nintendo Wii channel introduced in 2009 that enabled users in Japan to order food from the comfort of their homes and have it delivered long before the days of DoorDash and its ilk. Somehow the service remained functional until 2017. 2017 when Nintendo pulled the plug on Wii Online channels. Now a small team of developers and Nintendo fans have updated the Demi-A channel for 2023 so users can once again order pizza to their door using a video game console that was discontinued nearly a decade ago. While at the moment orders are limited to Domino's, it seems that more restaurant options are being planned for the future. That is wild stuff. I tweeted this at you guys after I learned of the story. Like, we need to 100% attempt this on the podcast. We have talked off-air chat about how you're going to get me a bunch of the assets that you use for Respawning Fires content. At some point, I will set up the show on my end, and what I'll do is I'll basically hook up my Wii to, like, my whole, like, streaming setup and basically pipe in footage of my Wii that we can have going in the background while we do one of our episodes of the podcast. And we can show live to you viewers out there how you order pizza with your Wii. I love it. And you can... So we can can order from Domino's, hopefully... Just send us all pizza, then we all get the pizza on the stream and we eat it while we talk about something. What an excellent... We can also take that out of the Patreon money. Like, that's important expenses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me expense sure. that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. We will 100% do that. You have to... Again, you have to be hosting it because you're the only person I know left on Earth who has a Nintendo Wii that is still functional and can hook up to a some kind of device. I actually... I don't even know where my Wii is, to be honest. Wow. I, uh, it's about I, I, six to eight inches below your belly button. When I, <laughs> when, I, uh, when I got my Wii U, I transferred all my Wii data over to my Wii U, but I actually don't know where my original Wii console is now, so I'll have to go searching for it. True but story. We will definitely I think I got it. like 30 bucks for my Wii in, at GameStop. I traded in my Wii, and that would be 20... 11 or 20 2012 when i moved to chicago i was like i need rent money <laughs> let me go to gamestop and they gave me like 30 bucks for it all right so we're gonna order pizza in the future look forward to that stream and uh in the meantime we're gonna talk about suicide squad gets a delay but for how long question mark eddie mccooch at gamespot brings us this bloomberg reports that suicide Bloomberg reports that Suicide Squad to kill the Justice League is now delayed its previously announced beyond its previously announced May 26th release date. A new date was not published in the report. The game was featured during a February State of Play broadcast for PlayStation with an extended gameplay demo. Some, including many people on this podcast, did not like the game's live service approach. But Jason Schreier said that the game began as a games-as-service title and will launch under that business model and setup. A quote from Jason is, quote, For what it's worth, a delay like this is mainly for polish, not to overhaul the core gameplay that caused the backlash. Suicide Squad started off as a game-as-a-service and will remain one short of a complete reboot, which would require a much longer delay. That's from Schreier. A little extra piece of tidbit like actually came out before this official uh, delay comes from Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League could be delayed to 2024 from Jeff Grubb. He stated on his Game Mess Decides podcast. How many fucking podcasts does that guy have? So many. A lot. Game Mess Decides podcast. that he's gotten word Suicide Squad is getting pushed out of this year. A quote says, listen, I don't want to... I don't want to, like, cause a panic or anything, but I heard it's not even coming this year. I'm hearing 2024. Grubb does add that, quote, this stuff is hard to nail down for sure, but a source is a very good one. So, Rocksteady's new game, we, we discussed a little bit later, like, people are a little hesitant on it. I, I think I was probably the most positive person that I heard on it, just being like, man, you know, the gunplay looks good and all this kind of stuff. But then I, the general reaction to that, Gameplay reveal was like, well, I don't know, Rocksteady. So yeah, it seems like they they heard your feedback and they said we are maybe gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit. We're gonna change some stuff. We're gonna polish some things. We're gonna make sure we release a game that everyone buys. What are your takes, Alex? Your lips are quivered tightly. 
<laughs> I mean, <clears throat> this is just embarrassing. I obviously they're not going to dramatically overhaul this game all that much. I do wonder. I do wonder if this extra few months, who knows, possibly even year of development time will be spent maybe maybe like I don't know, like is perhaps crafting like an optional like more single player focused experience that's meant to like emulate the feel of like the games that we know and love rocks rock steady for uh this is such a, a weird comparison but uh metroid prime federation force the much maligned 3ds game that was also this weird bastardized cooperative experience had this mode in the game where basically if you played by yourself you could give your character an item that like significantly boosted their stats and was designed to kind of emulate the feel of just playing a solo metroid prime game i wonder if they're perhaps considering taking that route so that they can make the game a little bit more palatable towards people that were hoping for another arkhamverse game but that's just speculation on my part mm. Adam Gumby in the chat, speaking of Metroid Federation Force, says he loves Metroid Soccer. <laughs> that was so weird. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but the way that they unveiled Metroid Prime Federation Force was like two days before it's revealed. They were like, hey, there's a new game on the 3DS eShop called Blast Ball. And it kind of has some Metroid iconography, but it, we're not going to say it's a Metroid game. And then two, day, two days later, they were like, yeah, it's a Metroid game, but you don't care about it. Play your Metroid <laughs> Soccer. Um, I don't know. I feel like the game's not going to change, like what it is, unless it, I, they've been working on this game for too long. Um, maybe it's just like let's clean up the UI, let's get rid of people's concerns with games of service. But I mean, like Shire said, um, I mean most reports these like it's still that's what the game was always supposed to be. I, they're not going to like let's make it single player now because people don't want to know it's going to be games of service but i think they're just gonna either give it time to cool down or put more focus so you can feel like it's closer to a single player game i don't know they're gonna figure something out i mean wb especially coming off the back of how well hogwarts legacy is they're on a high they're like our games are gonna do good let's make sure this one does good too i don't think this one's gonna be nearly successful unfortunately i would love for rocksteady too but uh it's gonna be i think it'll be better than maybe what we got in May, but it will not be a classic Arkham game. So it, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, people who don't want to play it aren't going to play it anyways. There's yeah. nothing they're going to do that game to make you be like, oh, it's a single player game. That's not that's not what they're doing. But if they tighten up some of the other stuff again, maybe I'll check it out on sale with some friends. But I mean, it, it is what it is, and that's fine. They're making what they want to make. I just people people on the internet at least do not care. Me, I'll try it out. Maybe we'll see. What I'm guessing is going on behind the scenes, this is pure speculation, is they are probably looking at this and their original plan was, all right, this is our first stab at game of service. We have an IP that people, you know, kind of care about. Um, let's let's go ahead and, and release a game knowing that people are probably going to give us the benefit of a doubt and maybe they'll they'll forgive us a little bit. Uh, as we stumble through and kind of get our live game service up and up and running, and uh, then they saw the reaction of the trailer and they're like, "Fuck, no, we don't, we don't have a a do over card. Like, we have to get this right the first time. We don't have, we don't have the opportunity to come out and stumble out the gate and then make it better and improve and win people's trust back. Like, people are going to uh, rip us a new asshole on this one. So mm. I am guessing that they're like, let's take some extra months." They did, they did not give a date. So like, let's take some, some ambiguous extra time to make sure that we just nail all of these elements right off the bat. We nail the economy. We nail uh, the, the systems of actually like connecting with people and making sure they all work well. But again, yeah, it's, it's going to be games of service. It's going to – they're not going to change up the core gameplay as far as like, – one of the biggest criticism I heard from the uh, podcast Unlocked and Ryan McCaffrey over there at IGN was like this whole game just looks like you're – it's nothing but shooting purple. Like you just mm. look for the purple blob on the tank, look for the purple blob on the monster, look for the purple, and you just shoot the purple thing. And it's just that over and over, and like that kind of stuff can't change in this timeline. So the game's gonna launch. They're just gonna make sure that it is the best version of the exact thing that they have uh, as they can possibly make. 
Yeah, it's got to be like when people are like, oh, they had that really good update and now the game's pretty cool now. They need to have that on launch day. I think is what they're going for. Even though yeah. Alex keeps smiling down there. Yeah, what are, you, what are you smiling at? What are you smiling at, Alex? So here's the thing. I care very deeply, very deeply about everything that my co-host has to say on this podcast. He's but every now and then, again. every now and then, while I <laughs> listen to you guys talk, I do like to quickly scoot over to Twitter just to see what's happening over there. And did you guys remember that Ron Perlman was in Monster Hunter, the movie? I forgot Monster Hunter had a movie. <laughs> and no, I know. I uh, forgot he was in it. I did not. So I didn't watch the movie. I did not know he was in it. I know, of course, the the lady who's married to Paul Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Mila Jovovich. And wasn't there like, isn't there like a rapper? Or I remember there's a black person in the movie. And I feel like it's not ludicrous, but it feels like someone on the caliber. Black of Monster Hunter. Let's see what Don't Google pulls up. A lot Monster of Hunter black movie dragons. Black a lot of black nope. dragons. Black I just love this picture Wyvern. of Ron Perlman. Black What's so funny? person, Monster Hunter. Mm. First talking. kill, just... African-American Monster Hunters, now on Netflix. Excuse me, T.I. Ah, uh, T.I., yes, I remember Hunter. that. T.I. and fucking Megan Good. Why is she in this trash movie? <laughs> Ron Perlman <laughs> is third. What's so funny about the Monster Hunter movies, I want to say the writers went on record being like, yeah, we were really inspired by the, uh, what was it, the Monster Hunter crossover level in Metal Gear Peace Walker. Because if you remember in Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, there's a level in that game where you fight a Rathlos from Monster Hunter because uh, Capcom and... Uh, Konami decided to collab on it and like th that game already to begin with had a lot of Monster Hunterisms and it's so weird that it's like yeah we took inspiration from a game that <laughs> was viewed as sort of like a derivative of Monster Hunter where primarily people fought monsters and other men with guns and weapons and robots and then they made this movie yeah it's fucking turned it into a giant military robot weapon game movie um, an unrelated news, I just rented Monster Hunter on Amazon for $2. Anyways, continue. <laughs> All right. I will try not to interrupt the podcast with more Ron Perlmanisms. <laughs> Please continue. All right. We're going to move on to playtime. We're talking about what we played Are we? this week. Mm, just kidding. I My eyes, I don't see parentheses. Got sand like, in them. Yeah. I got sand in my... Alex threw sand in my eyes earlier. And so uh, we've got a segment from Adam right now. Uh, we're going to do the segment from Adam, a segment from Adam. That's Doug. Oh, okay. All right. My segment from Adam this week. Doing it early, everybody. Excited for this. This segment is called, You Miss 100% of the Games You Delay That Would Have Been Bad. Miyamoto, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Uh, love it. So this week. Excellent. <laughs> uh, I just love every time someone talks about the quote, it gets more far away from what the original quote was, and it's never Miyamoto. Um, <laughs> I, I love that quote now. Uh, but basically, this week, we're like, hey, I decided, I looked up a couple lists. I'm like, what are the games that got delayed that have, like, the longest delays in game history? From, like, initial announcement to actual release date. Final Fantasy XIII. Um, uh, sorry. No, nope, that's not no. correct. That's not correct. It's Final Fantasy You mean 15. Final Fantasy versus 13, versus, 13 that became yeah. 15. Yeah, maybe yeah. that one's on this list. We'll see. Uh, oh, that's right. Sorry, yes. I forgot it was a game. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's a game. So what I've done is I have a list of five games that were delayed um, for an, a certain, uh, a decent amount of time. And I need you, I'm going to read a blurb. You can guess what it is. That's fine. But I need you guys to guess the Metacritic <gasps> of the said game. Mm -hmm. Whoever gets closest okay. wins it. Because mm. the, um, the games 100% are bad that get delayed or never bad, but they're good whenever Wayne Gretzky comes back back to hang out with michael jordan so do we also it. have the alternate dimension scores where they released on time i don't that was not available on google i'm sorry oh okay 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 did you try duck, <laughs> these duck, are the scores go? of games that were that were delayed for a good amount of time so number one okay all right um this was a game that was announced ahead of the ps3 was announced initially in 2005 at e3 would not release until 2010 was never given a launch window release date necessarily but it's like hey we're showing off the ps3 it comes out next year this game will be cool as well that game is gran turismo 5 that's it yeah 
which ended up having a five years from announcement to release. It's pretty pretty long window for that game to to not you know come out. So Gran Turismo Five for the PS3. What is the Metacritic score for that video game? Ooh. Take a guess. Again, five year delay, but it's a Gran Turismo game. What do you think it scored on Metacritic? Um, Chad, you can go first, I guess. Well, you know the the nerds with their racing wheels and their racing chairs and their setups and their dick shifters and all that kind dick of shifters. stuff. <laughs> they love they love these sim racing games. So they always score higher than I think they're going to. So I'm mm -hmm. gonna say Metacritic score for Gran Turismo Five on PlayStation Three, 2010 is <laughs> eighty nine. Okay. Uh, Alex, what do you think Gran Turismo 5 got after a five-year delay? Yeah, I have the same line of reasoning as Chad. I think that the kind of people that review a game like a Forza or, uh, in this case, uh, a... <laughs> Fuck. I completely forgot the name of the game we're talking about. <laughs> Gran Turismo 5. Gran Turismo. Clearly not a, not a game franchise I have any skin in the game for. But the kind of people that re review a Gran Turismo are the kind of people that are very passionate about the franchise. That being said, I also don't remember this particular one being like the, the game, one of the games that people regard as like one of the goats of the series. So I'm going to go, I'm going to scoot down a little bit. I'm going to say 86. 86? Alex, you were closer. It was an 84 on Metacritic. But, oh, there we go. So give yourself a point. Give yourself a finger. Chad, don't Yay. keep score. Give yourself keep your a own finger. score. <laughs> keep your own score. Give yourself a finger. All right. Okay. Next up. This game uh, recently remastered in 2021. It began life as a prototype in 2005. We didn't see the game until 2010. It's a game about a TV show writer where things attack him. Monsters, Alan uh, Wake. Uh, uh, Alan, Alan Wake. Wake. Yeah, Alan Wake. Alan Wake. I, Alan Wake. Huh. Interesting. I didn't really think of that game as like a delayed game, but yep. announced I in 2005, so. saw nothing, and then it came out in 2010. So five-year development cycle when we heard about it when it got released. What do you think Alan Wake scored on Metacritic? Uh, original, not the remaster. This original. Um, Alex, you go first. It's interesting because Alan Wake is like one of those like canonical xbox 360 games that everybody loves nowadays but i feel like the reception towards it was a little bit more mixed when it originally came out i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna say an 82 82 all right chad what are you thinking for this game you hate for no reason well we all know from barf that yeah this game is one of my least favorite games of all time just with abhorrent writing awful stupid narration and just like D it's dumb. It's a dumb game. Terrible acting. I hate it. I'm a writer. Um, so I'm gonna say that everyone else fucking loves this game for no reason. So they gave it. I'm gonna say 81. 81. You guys are very close. It was an 83. Whoa. So Alex, what did Alex say? I already forgot. He said 82. Damn. So he got you by that one little extra point. Yeah. Okay. The game came out as an 83. Five year delay. All right. Next up. I'm not a nerd, so you guys tell me this. Um, it's a game mm -hmm. that's a bunch of letters. FFXV. Uh, what does that mean? 15. Final Fantasy 15. Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Announced in 2006. Here we go. Released in 2016. Again, was this the Versus 13 thing that got like yes. disappeared yeah. in remakes? You guys know more than I do. There was this whole yes. this whole suite of Final Fantasy 13 experiences. There was 13, 13, 2, 13, 3. And then there was type zero which is the psp game that eventually got a ps4 remaster and then there that. was th versus yeah. 13 and then versus 13 took so long that they're years. like actually what if this is a new game we'll just milk this cow and we don't have to make a 15. <laughs> there you go and now even though all that stuff is past us tetsuya nomura is like but what if i still made final fantasy versus 13 within the kingdom hearts <laughs> universe insane and is making it so that the plot of Kingdom Hearts 4 is that Sora is going to have to fight like an alternate version of the original version of Noctis from that game. Go on his road trip with that old man. All right. So, by the way, this Metacritic, because there's released on multiple consoles, there's a Royal Edition, there's a Pocket Edition, it's all over the place. I just took the first thing that came up. It's the PS4 version of the video game. 
So what do you guys think the PS4 version of Final Fantasy 15 scored on Metacritic? Uh, Chad, you're first. I feel like this one, I feel like people really, really were positive on this game. They liked the boy band feel of just like your four dudes traveling across the country to go to your wedding. They liked the feel of it. They liked how good the food looked whenever you had to cook it at the campsite. Um... And even before the Royal Edition came out and added that extra stuff, I felt like it was pretty positively received. So I'm going to say we're going with a 90. I'm going to say 90 on Metacritic. 90 from chat. Wow. What are you thinking, Alex? Uh, the thing about this game is, like, this game, I think, is the perfect example of a game that definitely benefited from the kind of overall Final Fantasy franchise bump that I feel like a lot of mainline Final Fantasy games benefit from in the same way that like you can definitely look at the Zelda series and see the Zelda series over time definitely benefit from the Zelda bump. Like something like Skyward Sword definitely got way more rave reviews back in the day than I feel like most of us would rate it nowadays. I'm going to say, however, that despite that, people were way more mixed comparatively uh, than we might have thought them to have been and that the game got an 84. All right. I'm doing a research again. I, I took the base PS uh, four edition. Was it XV or VX? XV. It's XV. All right. So this score ranges. I fucking love the movies at a 35. That's wild. Um, what? <laughs> That's right. That's right. The I Aaron the Paul. Kingsglaive. Uh, it's, it's fine. Kingsglaive, right? That's the name of it. Uh, yeah. So this ranges from a 77 all the way to an 85. But the base one, the first one that comes up, the PS4 normal version was 81. Wow. So that's where I took. So Alex gets it because he was close. What was Damn. the, what got a 77? Um, Royal Edition on PS4. Oh, it got huh. worse somehow. Okay. Pocket Edition got a 79, so apparently the Pocket Edition is better than Royal. I don't know why. It's just you know what? Are, you know? I'm going to go on the record here. I think Royal, the Royal Edition of the game got a worse score because I think that the bloom was off the rose by the time that people got their hands on that version of the game. By the time that that special edition of the game came out, people kind of understood like, yeah, this isn't that great of a game. And so people kind of reviewed it a little bit more fairly one could say based on its merits but like i suspect that royal version is still a better game than like the base version of the game that first released all right we got two more chad you might be out of the race but maybe the last one's worth five points i don't know Ooh. all right so next <laughs> i'm just kidding you lost uh <laughs> so the next one uh with a budget range of tens of millions of dollars mm -hmm. uh, this is one of the most expensive games to be developed back in the early 2010s the graphics and detailed storylines uh, are responsible for the hefty price tag. Uh, meticulous voice acting and ambitious motion capture techniques helped this game go from development from 2004 up until its release in 2011. So seven years, 2004, 2011, expensive motion capture. What do you guys think this is? Last Guardian? No, that was on the list, no. but I didn't put it in here. 2016. Okay. 2016. It was oh. L.A. Noir. Oh, oh, I forgot about all that motion capture. Yeah. The face stuff. Yeah, yeah very yeah, good. Like, read the face. Like, Tell if he's lying if his eyelid quivers. It's like, ooh, I don't know. All right. So what do you guys think L.A. Noir scored on Metacritic? This is just for the original release of the game. In the same way that, again, the Final Fantasy series benefits from the Final Fantasy bump, the Zelda series has benefited from the Zelda bump, I feel like this game benefited from the Rockstar bump. I think there were a lot of people that went into it and were a little bit flustered by how un-Grand Theft Auto-like it was, but I think a lot of people still stuck with it and enjoyed it because of how much they enjoyed prior Rockstar games. Uh, and on top of that, like as I recall, that game was actually pretty solid on its own merit. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that it got an 86. Mm. Right, I remember thinking? people being decidedly more meh on it. I'm going to say 78. Chad, you're the winner. It was actually a 77. Really? Mm. So it was a Team Bondi game, but published by Rockstar. So mm. technically not a Rockstar. That doesn't make a difference. Mm. It's a 77. Interesting. Interesting. But I remember I liked the game, but I remember people were like, the open world stuff sucks. And it's like, Adam, yeah, you, you what about the Nintendo things. Switch port? I fucking don't know. <laughs> I can look it up if you look really want up, me to. Because I think that thing got trashed. 
Ellie Noir for Switch is 79. Oh, okay. Huh. huh. Actually, a little bit better. Interesting. All right, one more. This one is a fun one. You guys are going to love this. <sighs> All right. I just love the blurb that these guys wrote. Um, it should be common knowledge that if a game's development uh, has outlived the staff, the console is originally slated for, and almost a generation of gamers, then it may be time to change the strategy. Unfortunately, 2K Games and Gearbox Software trudged on to create something almost unrecognizable when it compared to New Nukem 3D. Jokes were outdated, the graphics lacked luster, and the story was weak. This is Duke Nukem Forever, a game that was in development for 15 years. Yeah. This is probably, this is definitely the biggest one uh, that everyone knows about. Duke Nukem Forever. You could pick up a turd and a dildo in the same mission. I don't know. It was awful. It was a very bad video game. What do you guys think it scored on Metacritic? 55. Well, <laughs> I'm going well, I'm to give it a little bit more. I'm going to say it was like a 68. It was a 54. Oh, but. What? Uh, yeah, not very sorry. Good. Sorry, Chad. I got eight points. You got one. Eight. Okay. First of all, <laughs> Adam said the points. fourth one counted for six points, so I got six and so lost. Yeah, you hate it. All right, that's my why segment. did you get eight points? What are you talking about? <laughs> He's making it up. Adam Adam said that the final one would be worth five points, so three plus five is eight. He said that was a joke, Alex. All right, I still have four points. <laughs> <laughs> he still beat you. It's uh, but I got six. All right, we're going into playtime. Thank you, Alex, for that segment from Adam. God well, that was Adam's Thank segment. Thank you, Adam, but, you for know. that segment from Alex. <laughs> <laughs> segment from Alex. <laughs> uh, now we're going to playtime. P-L-A-Y time. We are, uh, let's see, we're going to go to... Oh, okay. I was like, Alex, you played Sanctuary Saga? Why didn't you say anything during the review? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Alex, I'm actually very stoked for this Diablo news because I'm a Diablo lover. Tell me about Sanctuary Saga. Yeah, so on, on our show notes, I wrote Sanctuary Saga, and then in quotation marks, not quotation marks, <clears throat> in brackets, I wrote, a.k.a. going to... Uh, save the world of Sanctuary on a saga in Diablo 3. So, thing about me, as I'm sure you're probably aware of by now, is I love to play new things that are still relatively close to what I'm already familiar with. You know, I'll play Ratchet and Clank 2016, and I'll be like, let's play Ratchet and Clank 2002, the original game. Technically a new game, but still very familiar. Same thing here, where I went scrolling through the PlayStation Store, I was like, what do I want to play that I've never played before, That will, but that will still feel like a warm, comforting blanket? Hey, Diablo 3, Reaper of Souls, that game's on sale, let's check it out. Uh, fast forward uh, a week and some change later, and your boy is hooked. Now, I will yeah. say this. I will say this. You know, before ever playing Diablo 3, a, a kind of common criticism that I had heard of De Diablo 3 online was, man, the graphical style of 3 sucks. And I was like, man, that sounds like a bunch of old haters. That sounds like a bunch of old nerds that are like, man, I liked it way better when the Diablo series was way tougher and grittier and darker looking. The graphical style of Diablo 3 is not great. It's very bright, very colorful. It kind of looks like, like a knockoff of World of Warcraft that you would see on a TV show that didn't get the license to show World of Warcraft. <laughs> that part of it, I don't particularly love. I also think that the story is very throwaway. The actual gameplay, excellent. Such a great time. I played through the campaign normally with a necromancer, uh, and then I jumped in and started my hardcore playthrough as a witch doctor, and it has been a fantastically sublime time so far, I'm definitely going to try and see how quickly I can get the platinum in this thing before it drives me insane. I love it. Same, though. I, I played through on PlayStation as a Witch Doctor, and then I started it on Nintendo Switch as a Necromancer. Look at that. Samesies. Samesies. Yeah. It's all about the, the character classes that make other minions fight for you on your behalf, so you don't have to do anything. Yeah, I hate playing games. I want things to play themselves for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So are you excited for Diablo 4? Are you going to play this weekend in the open beta? Uh, I don't think that... So I don't have that game pre-ordered, but I do know that there is 
a promotion going on with KFC right now where you can order a double down or any other sandwich for them. We, we sound like we're doing an ad for KFC now. I, I don't pretend it to be that way. Everybody loves these buttermilk flaky fried chicken breasts with the mayonnaise and the cheese and the bacon in between it. And that's just like pure bliss. Why not? Give me it's two finger chicken, looking good. Of chicken, um, bacon, uh, mayonnaise, everything. Just give me basically 3,000 calories and like 10 million mm. carbs in mm -hmm. a sandwich with a bunch of grease, I'll get, I'll play Diablo 4 until it kills me. TBD on whether I'll play it this weekend, but I'll definitely give it a shot when it becomes open to everybody else the following weekend. Nice. I went to go pre-order Dead Space back in like December and saw that I already had pre-ordered Dead Space. And I was like, oh, thank you, passed me. Well, now what am I going to spend this money on? And I pre-ordered Diablo 4, so... I'm going to be playing this weekend, baby. If anyone listening Ooh. wants to play with me, if you want to buy a double down from KFC, <laughs> don't <laughs> hop in. Let's play together. Um, Adam, tell me about in my brain right now. I'm saying don't play. Don't say Dick Chronicles. Don't say Dick Chronicles. Tell me about whatever DC stands for. <laughs> uh, the DC Cinematic Universe. I've been watching all those old bad movies. Uh, okay. No, I'm just okay. kidding. So, first, Sanctuary Saga. We did a review. It should be up on the podcast feeds, on YouTube, whatever. Sanctuary Saga. A game reviewed, early access. Uh, basically, SNES, roguelike, RPG, battler thing. It's pretty cool. Had a short conversation on that. Check that review out. So, play that for review. But then also, DC, this little, little game that people like called Castlevania. Oh, that's and right. And uh, there's a vampire in it. Um, and then uh, Vampire Dracula spelled backwards is his son. Uh, yeah. But no, I decided to play Dead Cells. And I was like, oh, Dead Cells is really cool. There's also a ton of DLC, including the new Castlevania DLC. So I just bought all the DLC for Dead Cells and started playing this weekend. Um, I like Dead Cells. I played it before. I just never played any of the extra stuff. And fantastic game. Still as good as ever. Started playing Castlevania stuff. Again, outside of what happened on the show, I don't really get most of these references, but I'm having a good time with it, <laughs> going through the castle. Uh, there's, there was a lady who was prisoner who had a cat, and the cat can turn into a big white tiger. I don't know if any of that sounds familiar for hmm. Castlevania fans. Not for me. I, I, played, I played two Castlevania games, and there was no lady cat. Yeah, there was a, well, there's a cat, a lady who had a cat. Anyways, whatever. Dead Cells is a fantastic game. Castlevania stuff's cool. It's a bunch of new items, new area, new enemies, all that good stuff. It's like, hey, do you have Alucard's shield and his sword that floats around? I'm like, you know what? I'm all about that. Got new whips, new fun stuff. Dead Cells is amazing. Holy shit. This might just be like a perfect video game. Is that um, your first time playing it, or are you just returned for the Castlevania DLC? Yeah, no, I played the base game a couple years ago. Had a great time with it. Then I came back again. Everything was on sale getting ready for this Castlevania stuff, I'm like, I'm just going to go all in. So I bought like four DLC packs um, and just rerunning through that because that game can go on forever if you want it to. So no, Dead Cells is awesome. Castlevania stuff's cool. I killed Death. I fought uh, the the Reaper. Um, and then Alucard's like, go go back again and beat up my dad. I'm like, all right, I'll do it eventually. Uh, so no, good times. Everyone play Dead Cells. It is fantastic. So Dead Cells, I have it. I didn't realize this. I've never played it. Mm. I think I bought it on Switch, but never played it. But I also, it is now available for free in, if you have Apple Arcade, mm, and I okay. do. But uh, I'm here's the thing. I'm really only interested in the Castlevania stuff. And you can I do don't that. know if that's included in. You can start that. For, well, you might have to buy it because it just came out like last week. Oh, um, it does. It does include, the Apple Arcade does include BL, DLC. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, might be good. You should try it. It's very good. You can just Dope. do the Castlevania stuff. It's very like, Alucard's down these stairs. Okay. Go through that door and you do Castlevania stuff. Go for it. Cool, 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 cool. Speaking of, I did not play this yet, but I plan to in the future. Speaking of cool crossover games, um, you are you familiar with Power Washing Simulator? Oh, of course. The game's yeah, awesome. That, yeah. Uh, they just released a free Final Fantasy VII remake crossover where you power mm. wash like the Shinra building and you power wash like Cloud's motorcycle and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's the thing that's going <laughs> to rope me Motorcycle. In. Yep. <laughs> God, that's so fun. That's cool. I like it. That's a really good name. Uh, good game. So that sounds like cool DLC. Um, PW. What is that? Prisoner of War. Pistol Whip. Pistol Whip. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I was, you know, I'm missing the Beat Saber. 
uh, PlayStation VR 2. There's no Beat Saber yet. It's coming. No date yet. But like, what what can I play in the meantime? And I was looking through the store, and, and they have like maybe 40 games that you can buy right now. And a few of them, you have, like, upgrades. So, Pistol Whip has a free upgrade to the PS5 version. I downloaded Thumper, which has a, a like, $4 upgrade, $5 upgrade to the PS5 version. And so, I've been playing through Pistol Whip, which is, like, oh, my God. It is, it for I think I talked about it years ago when it came out. But it it's rhythm-based light gun shooter on rails. So, you're going through. There are people popping up on the right and left. You shoot them. Accuracy gives you more points. And shooting them in rhythm gives you more points. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that. they're shooting at you. It looks like the art style is similar to, like, they are, like, these polygonal characters, like, super hot. And you okay. are, like, avoiding them and dodging their bullets and stuff like that, similar to, like, you would in, in super hot. But, obviously, it's much more fast-paced. Uh, so, it's a it's a freaking great game. It gets me sweaty as the day is long. Um, really enjoying that is like getting my heart pumping for the first time in like six months. I, I do not exercise much anymore. So that's my, that's my beat saber replacement right now is pistol whip. And they have so many extra campaigns and things like that. Then, then I remember from the last time I played it, like ones that make you your wild west theme, your cowboy, they have all sorts of like presets. Like they have fitness focused ones where like it's less shooting and more dodging and like moving around mm-hmm. walls and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So Super cool game. Check out Pistol Whip. Question. Yeah. When does the Rush of Rush of Blood again come out? Uh, I soon, think it's right? tomorrow. Yeah, I feel like it's, yeah, very soon. Yeah. I have it pre-ordered okay. too, so I'm going to be screaming and creaming <laughs> when that comes out. I might, I might stream that because I have the PlayStation stream, 5 Stream, cream, and scream? I might cream on stream as I scream. Um, I might, yeah, I might stream that just because that's... That's fun, and I've got the PS5 camera, so you can see me while I'm playing the VR thing too. So you look like a big dummy, right? <laughs> well, no, you're on a you're on a roller coaster ride, so you're sitting in a no. But you, like the camera looking at you playing the game, is just you in a headset doing this, right? I mean, I'll be sitting down, and I'm shooting. I'm not. I'm not. Ah, I'm not a freaking wacky, wacky wavy arm inflatable tube man. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I'm shooting things, but I will be gotcha, screaming. Gotcha. Um, WL three. Any of y'all remember what that means? <laughs> Wastelander 3. Nope. Nope. Um, oh, Wario Land 3. That's our barf game. I played a little bit oh, of Wario okay. Land 3 on my analog pocket. Um, pleasantly surprised by that game so far. So look forward to more about that at the uh, end of the month. I and actually, I've not tried, I've not played Wario Land 3. However, uh, with the 3DS eShop... Uh, on the verge of shutting down, I went and downloaded Wario Land 2 and 3 to it because I'd already previously downloaded Wario Land 1 to it uh, many years ago. So I'm ready to go. There, yeah, PSA for anyone out there who has a 3DS, the the store officially shuts down for good on the 27th of March. And so, so many games are literally like $3. Like, please, anyone mm. buy these for like 90% off. I was going to say, Capcom is doing a massive sale right now. They were selling, like, every, like, 3DS Phoenix Wright game for, like, three, four dollars. Yep. All those and Monster Hunters. All the like, Resident obviously, Evils. Y- you'll need to be careful because the shop shuts down uh, March 27th, just two weeks from now. So you don't want to accidentally overshoot it and then, uh-oh, can't get anything more from the shop. But you'd have to imagine there are probably some other developers out there that might also do last minute fire sales so keep an eye out for them if something right now isn't on uh sale might be in the very soon future like just legitimately every ace attorney game is like 2.99 like all of them yep so i had to stop i was like oh my god look at all these games should i buy all of them And i was like stop even if you got these games this would be the worst way to play them. <laughs> you would not want to play it on a 3DS. You would want to play it elsewhere. It's like, okay, maybe I'll look at just like what's exclusive to 3DS. And yeah, I was thinking, all right, what about Pokemon Y? What about Pokemon whatever the next other one? Like uh, I have Sun or Moon, but I don't have Ultra Sun or Moon. I was like, all right, what, do I buy these? So that, that's let's, what I'm looking at. Let's for. put a, a feather in this for now. When the 3DS eShop finally closes, let's have a segment on the podcast where I go through my final 3DS uh, e-download library because there are some interesting games in there I don't even remember downloading that I think you would find funny. Segment from Alex. 
Send yeah. from Alex. And then my Put final thing it. here, I'm gonna I'll just talk a couple minutes about the Destiny 2 raid. First raid first new raid, not recycled, but new raid since we got the uh Vow of the Disciple last year with Witch Queen. So it's been a year. Uh, this one's called Root of Nightmares. It takes place on this busted-ass darkness pyramid. We saw the traveler mm. shoot this beam of light into it, and it turns out it made all sorts of giant unicorn hair-looking fucking beautifulness all over this thing. It's a very breathtaking, uh, like, visually raid. Um, we spent... Guess how, many, guess how many hours we spent beating this raid? Five. 4.9. I'll give you I'll give you you're both very far off, but I'll give you a, a hint. The world's first, so every every time there's a new raid, contest mode starts 9 a.m. Everyone in the world is able to get into it, and then the like it's a race to see who can beat it first. World's first was two hours. Guess what ours was? Ten. Alex? Ten nine point one. Twenty-one and a half hours. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. I spent a total of 20, I think 23 hours playing this raid this weekend over like literally the course of a 48 hour period. Half of that was spent playing this raid. The other half was sleeping, eating and organizing nine adult schedules to all play the raid together at different times. Um, and uh, it was it was it was OK. It was an okay raid. So far, Destiny 2 Lightfall is not tickling my pickle. I still love Destiny the Loop, and I still love the loot, and I still love playing with friends. But she's like, man, Witch Queen really knocked it out of the park. But this one, uh, yeah, contest mode was active for the first 48 hours, so we, like, struggled. But got, like, we cleared two of the four encounters oh. on contest mode, which is something we never do. Usually we go in and we spend forever knocking our head against the wall, and then we all cry and give up. And then... We come back when contest mode's over, and we finally progress through the raid. But yeah, this time we, we cleared half of it on contest mode, which is basically they lock your power level so that everyone is purposefully underleveled for the raid at a specific level. Mm. And then they also add in like more enemies or champions and all these kinds of things that are really tough. And then everything just gets easier after everyone beats it. So uh, yeah, we played through it. It just it has some some like some levels that just look so much. I don't know. There's this core mechanic of like shooting darkness and light orbs and like doing this zigzag. This is not particularly interesting or fun. Kind of reminds me a little bit of this. Uh, you guys probably have no idea what this is, but the tether mechanic from Garden of Salvation, where it's of just like kind of frustrating. Yeah, it's it's just it's a frustrating raid mechanic that that isn't necessarily fun. This is not quite as janky as that because that's fucked up. Like trying to get six people all in order and having the tether like link between them in order in garden of salvation is a, a fucking nightmare this is not as janky at least it works as intended but it's just not fun are you gonna um, stop playing destiny no absolutely not we're playing more of it <laughs> tomorrow it, night keep we're, playing. we're playing this raid again tomorrow night <laughs> okay I got you. I got because you. there's some really fucking wild ass armor in this thing that looks so stupid and awesome so yeah you got to grind it out to make sure we all get the armor and good rolls of it and all this stuff so um yeah but some of the some of the views in this thing are just like breathtaking loved i took so many screenshots so yeah we played that um and that's it that's that's everything that i played this week so that's playtime. we're gonna move to our quest log we've got a couple of quests here and then we're gonna wrap up today so speaking of space starfield gets a date this comes from george yang your boy at ign Lovely. bethesda Bethesda, as some people say in the UK. Do they? They do now. I got a question Bet yeah. before you keep going. Yeah. And I know it's a European thing, it's a Canadian thing. Mm hmm But Alex. Mm-hmm. Why do you guys say H instead of <laughs> H? For the same reason they say Z instead of Z. Oh God. Also bothers me. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I'm sure you don't notice it, but as an American, when you are the only country in the world who does everything else different, you notice yeah. everything. So it'd be but hedged, 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 behedged, behedged, Th still makes it a th sound, unless you're from parts of Britain where it's an f sound, where it's like Todd Howard. Get some water. 
I was Just thinking. Water. I was but thinking I'll go down to the to the barber and get my hair cut. That's what I was Bam thinking. Bam the Barbie. <laughs> Bam the Barbie. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Bethesda's delayed Starfield once again. Supplies. This morning, sorry, Dallas sends us a a dad joke every single morning. He has a calendar full of them. So every single day we get a dad joke. And today's was, what does a janitor say when he jumps out of a closet or something like that? But it's supplies. Anyway, Bethesda has delayed Starfield <laughs> once again, as the game will now launch in September for PC, Xbox Series X, and S. There will also be a Starfield-specific Direct on June 11th, right after the Xbox Games Showcase. In, an official, in a new official launch date announcement trailer, Bethesda's Todd Howard confirmed when the game will be released with this quote. We have poured ourselves into this game, and even I'm surprised how much we can pour. It is large. We are playing the game all the time, he explained. The Starfield Direct in June will provide a deep dive into the game as Howard continued. Quote, there's so much that we still have to show you. The game has many of the hallmarks that you'd expect from us, but it's also a very unique experience. So the game's not it's coming so funny. in the first half of the year, like they said. But Alex, go for it. What do you think? It's so funny how these delays work. Like, I feel like I have seen this exact scenario play out so many times where it's like the game's releasing in the fall of this year. We delayed it to early next year. It's still going to come out only a few months later. Actually, it's going to release in the fall of next year. Like, I'm not joking. I feel like there are like a dozen games that have followed this exact trajectory to a T and you know, they don't always Suicide squad kill the justice league. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I that's mean, the exact potentially what happened that game. potentially that's what's going to happen there. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's, you know, a little disappointing, but this game, unlike suicide squad, Lee uh, kills the justice league looks like it's going to leave a much larger and much more satisfying impact on gaming, uh, but we will see. It's not a game that I really have on my radar, to be honest. I um, don't know if I ever talked about it on the podcast, but I gave Fallout for the good, honest college try like a, a year or so ago. Could not get into it. Loved Fallout 3, loved Fallout New Vegas. Fallout 4 really did not do it for me, and I never bothered with Fallout 76. So the, the ball is in Bethesda's court to make me a believer in their big open world games and again. I saw her face. Well, anyways. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, I did I look like Suicide it. Squad. And it did, yeah. yeah, it was originally supposed to be late 2022. And then last year they announced, oh no, it's going to be May 26. There we go. Because <laughs> yeah, we were like, are we getting Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad at the same time? And it's like, exactly, no, absolutely yep. not. And now it's delayed um, again to the fall. I do like how we got confirmation of the game, the Xbox Game Showcase. So now we know what Summer Game Fest E3 season, because it's June 11th. We're doing a Starfield thing after our Game Showcase, so that's cool. Um, September, I mean, yeah, you want it whenever you know you initially suspect it. But if it's good in September, I don't give a fuck if it's good. You know, it is what it is. Uh, the trailer was very cool. I'm like, oh, I like Space Mystery. Um, so I'm excited. And, you know, it comes out when it comes out. That's cool. Um, so I'm excited. I know... Man, I want to take a bet, like, what's going to score better on Metacritic, Starfield or Suicide Squad, but I don't feel like, why Starfield, would you take that bet? Come on. <laughs> why Starfield, bet? for That's sure. Yeah, Starfield's so, yeah. definitely going to, yep. Yeah, yeah. Last one of the day. More seasons of HBO's The Last of United States, question mark? Sorry, you capitalized both letters in us. Was that not okay? Thank. Oh, you're clarifying it by now putting periods and making it USA. Okay. Uh, there's there should be another uh, period after A. Thank you. Otherwise, it's just the United States A. <laughs> oh no! Now you've written of America after A. Like A already stands for America. And just read the title. Capital. The okay. more seasons of HBO's The Last of USA of America. <laughs> <laughs> from Andy Robinson at VGC. Speaking to GQ, of all people, co-creators Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin discussed their plans for the second season of the show following Sunday's final episode of the hugely successful HBO adaptation. We will not have spoilers on this episode. Don't worry. Just a little bit of news. Asked if season two will span the entire course of the second game, Mazin replied, no, no way. Druckmann added, it's more than one season, seemingly confirming their intention for a season three of the show. Asked how many seasons the second game content is intended to be told over, the pair would not confirm. Quote, you have noted correctly that we will not say how many, but more than one is factually correct, Mason said. 
The pair also addressed the mixed reaction of, to some story elements in The Last of Us Part Two video game, telling GQ that they're happy to have strong reactions to their material. Druckmann said, quote, I guess to go back to the earlier Todd Phillips quote from Craig, which is like, I don't care. How they react is how they react. That is completely outside of our control. So how do we make the best TV show version of that story? That's the problem that we wrestle with every day. So yeah, I was I was worried they were going to try to shove season two, or uh, sorry, last was part two into a season two. I was like, I don't know how they're going to do that. How are they going to handle that? But yeah, it turns out they are making plural extra seasons of this thing and they're not even just nailing it down to two extra seasons it could be three could be five could be 100 i don't know 100 seasons 100 seasons yeah i mean there are so many stories that we can tell that aren't from joel or ellie's perspective now mm-hmm. as we People saw love when you just start making stuff up yeah yeah game of thrones fucking love that <laughs> hbo Everyone max love the last season yeah fear the it. last of us <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how do you all think this is going to work? Like, what what are they going to do? Are they just going to split this in half? Are they going to start telling other stories? What do you think is going to happen with these seasons? I'll actually go ahead because I believe there are quotes specifically about that question where it's uh, – but give me a second. I'm going to read over <sighs> if you have any thoughts. I think they'll I think they'll tell the story of The Last of Us Part Two in reverse order. They'll start with the final showdown at that beach – and then they'll mm-hmm. then go mm-hmm. in reverse from there. Oh, no, you're just saying straight up reverse, not show the last yeah. thing and lead up to it. You're saying reverse. Yeah. They're going to film Naughty, it and Naughty cut Dog, it in order, and then they're going to play it backwards. <laughs> Naughty Dog understands that a lot of people were really distraught by Joel's death. So by playing it out in reverse order, uh, by the way, spoilers on Joel's death, uh, right. they'll be able to... <laughs> <laughs> they'll be able to hold off on showing Joel die for as long as possible. That being said, he won't actually be in the show that much because he'll be dead through all those subsequent episodes. But I think that's a viable solution that they'll go with. No, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. So I have, they're talking about the complex story structure of part two. Um, I think we know where we're, this is between Mason and Druckmann back and forth. I know what we're doing on this one. Not saying that in a snarky way. I'm saying in a hopeful way. There are things that are going to be different and things that are going to be identical. There are things that are going to be added and enriched. These are some things that are going to be flipped. Our goal remains exactly what it was for the first season. Deliver a show that makes fans happy. Um, basically talks about the process of making it with people. So they're going to chop and screw it and do things to make it. Again, I would. there's probably a point that makes sense to be a cliffhanger for a season three. I don't see how you do more than two seasons. I understand why you would split it to two. Unless, of course, you'd get like a 20-episode season, but HBO doesn't necessarily want to do that. So I think they're going to move things around, do things that make sense for telling that story, have a very good cliffhanger spot, you know, maybe a big, you know, a big point in the story that's like, oh, shit. And then they're going to flip it um, and do that. So I think that they have a plan for it. I don't know if it's necessarily like, here's the 50% mark of the game. Um, it doesn't sound like that at all. I think they'll make it. I mean, honestly, after watching everything Craig Mason's done, he'll fucking figure, he knows how to make TV work. So he'll figure it out. I'm curious uh, how they're going to. There's so much that we see between Ellie and Joel in flashbacks in the second game that uh, and they're paced throughout the entire game. So that like the final flashback that like puts the rest of the story into context and gives you a little bit of extra meaning to it is between them. And it's like. I'm I'm curious if they're going to then just take all those flashbacks and instead make it a I don't know you could do a whole season maybe you could flesh out you know Dina's character and, and how they meet and all that kind of like they might be able to just take all of that and make it a season two and then at the end of season two set up the conflict that causes the two part split that we see in the rest mm-hmm. of the game and maybe that um, that's season three and season four who knows I don't know yeah maybe two is. You know, I don't know how many episodes in, but yeah, you're setting up the backstory stuff that you get. Like, here's the relationship. Here's how these two people are together. And near the end of season two, it's like, here's the thing that happens early in the game, but it's a big fucking point of contention. Put that near the end of season two, and then season three can be resolving that conflict. Yeah. I guess. I'm not a TV writer. Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> but I think they'll figure it out. Either yeah. way, I'm not shocked. Um the season one did great. I definitely there's like there's no way that season or part two is going to be in one season, um, but it's good to them just to straight up say it. Like the minute that this show ended, they're just like, oh, here's all the facts of all the things that everyone assumed. But they're like, no, this is exactly what we're going to do. So it's good to have that information. 
I did read the whole interview and there was it's just interesting time wise they um they were talking about the the length of time like we had to wait seven years between last of us part one and part two as gamers to like we didn't even know there was going to be a part two let alone how long it took to make to get there and then they had just offhandedly i think the interviewer mentioned what you know how different it is that folks are gonna have to wait just two years to get the next thing so i'm like oh does that mean that it's not coming next year. We're not getting season two yearly like like we do for most shows. It's going to be a absolutely not multi year production type thing, which kind of bums me out. But um, yeah, it's coming. Multiple seasons, Papa John's. All right, that's the end of our quest log, and coincidentally, also the end of the show because I played so much fucking Root of Nightmares raid this weekend that I was exhausted and did not come up with a game of game game on game show. Rating, so, not reading. Rating, definitely not reading. Oh, our God. I am not some LeVar Burton Ugh. nerd alert. Um, reading Rainbow. Everyone hates that, man. Yeah, everyone's like, LeVar Burton, you can't read with that laser Star Trek thing on your eyes. You can't even fucking see. America's least favorite person. I'm kidding. Everyone loves LeVar Burton. <laughs> <laughs> you watch Community at all? Have you seen that show? I've seen parts of it. I've oh, seen okay. like an episode or two. There's a Donald Glover on that show. His hero is LeVar Burton. And he fucking looks up to that guy so much. And he, <laughs> LeVar Burton is in the episode. And he asked mm. one of his friends, like, can you just give me a signed headshot of him? <laughs> and they were like, sure, yeah. And they go and meet him. And they actually surprise Donald Glover and be like, surprise, it's your hero, LeVar Burton. <laughs> and Donald Glover just fucking beefs the whole interaction. He just like starts like screaming and crying and like a bunch of, and, and just embarrasses himself. And he's just like, why would it. you do that? You can't disappoint a picture. But he just disappoints his <laughs> It's great. That show is underrated and also does not age well. Thank you, Chevy Chase. Um, anyway, oh. so we are wrapping up the show. That's it for Game On, uh, not Game On Game Show. That's it for the show. Responding Fire, episode 299. Ooh. We've got some cool announcements coming next week for Patreon people. Speaking of Patreon. Gerard Butler will be here. Gerard Butler. Not LeVar Butler. LeVar. <laughs> Gerard. Gerard Butler of Plain Fame uh, will be here. Oh, 300. Got it. Got it. I was slow to get the connection there. Sorry. No, plane. Plane's yeah. a better. That's a better. Everyone knows plane over three hundred. Go for it. <laughs> you don't forget about Geostorm. <laughs> Got to get Geostorm in there. Don't forget about White House down. It's, excuse me. Olympus has fallen. Olympus is. Oh, sorry. They're the same movie, and they came out at the same time. You're, you're um, and no, Angel has fallen. Down. Angel. Don't forget no, about Angel's, that one. Let's, let's see. Was it? What is? It, it's not White House down. What is it? It's Olympus has fallen. Oh no, it is White House down. Yeah, White House, White House down is Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. Right, right, right. And Maggie Gyllenhaal. Man, lots of sexy people in that movie. That was that. That was the porn parody of Olympus has fallen. Oh, okay. Patreon.com slash respawn name fire is where you can go if you want to get ahead of those cool new changes that are coming next week that we're announcing. Um, you can also vote on Barf games there with a little bit increased weight to your vote. But Barf is backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends, and that's where we play a game each month that you uh, influence and tell us, hey, remember this game from your past that you wish you would have played? Are you looking at more Ron Perlman, Alex? What are you laughing no, about? No, I'm looking at more. <laughs> this is actually relevant to the discussion that we've been having. More Gerard Butler movies. Remember when he did Gods of Egypt? Oh, yeah. It was great. No. Jeffrey Rush is in that movie as Ra, I think. Oh my God, Gods of yeah, Egypt! Is he that is. the? It's when all the white dudes played the gods of Egypt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I did not see that movie, but whew. I have. Yeah, and he did. Uh, I completely forgot about this one. He recently did a movie called Greenland, which is about like asteroids coming to destroy the Earth, and they have to retreat to Greenland to survive. Looks great. What a story. The Fan with all the he was Phantom it, right? of the Opera and Phantom of the Opera. Man, we'll start watching Gerard Butler movies after I finish yeah. Monster Hunter. Yeah. Uh, the barf game for this month is Wario Land 3 for the Game Boy Color. It is available on the Nintendo Switch online service. You do not need the expansion pack to play it. So if you'd like to play along with us, go for it. I know John from Pixel Street Podcast is playing it. So he's going to come be on the show with us and chat about it. 
Uh, I have put out the invitation, and he seemed interested, and I've now said it live on a podcast, so it has to to happen. It (laughs) It has to happen now. I try to avoid that kind of stuff just in case things don't work out, but now it has to. Uh, Anyway, yeah, play Wario Land 3. Don't play Super Mario Land 3 Wario Land. Play Wario Land 1. That's it. That's that's it. Um, Alex... As usual, thank you for being here on the show, for bringing us all sorts thank of tidbits about Gerard Butler and Ron Perlman and Domino's Wee Pizza. Like, thank you so much. Where can people find you in case they would like to consume more of your general self outside of this podcast? You can find me over on Twitter at Alex Kazina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. And what is that in English? American English. <laughs> It's a callback. It's a callback. H L H E H X H K H O H Z H I H N H H. And until next time, here's our usual sign off. Thank you, H.